Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. Brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. All right, let's get into the Word. I'm sure that we're going to be blessed this morning and our hearts are going to be transformed by the spirit of grace. Father, thank you this morning because I'm anointed to teach, your people anointed to receive and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I thank you for spirit of wisdom and understanding and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. Blessed be your name forever. In Jesus' mighty name. I had a bit of a struggle on what to call this, so as I teach, maybe you find something to, to, to call it, something, but I just call it the measure of thoughts given to the word. The measure of thoughts given to the word. We, we just finished uh, a great congress, and uh, I appreciate those of you who took out the time to stay and receive the teaching of God's word. There's something about the Word of God. Let's go to Psalm 138, verse 2. This is going to be easy and challenging. Psalm 138, and verse 2. I want to show you something about God's Word. Psalm 138, and verse 2. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, let's just read this. This is um, David's, a psalm of David, and then we'll, we'll get back to, to what I want. I'll praise you with my whole heart. Before the gods, I'll sing praises to you, to you. I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. You have magnified your word above your name. The word magnified means to enlarge, to exalt. And David says, hey, God has exalted his word. Even above his name. God places priority on his word. And that's something that as a body of Christ, we must begin to appreciate the importance of God's word. The importance of understanding, studying, obeying, Confessing and declaring the word. You know, many times uh, people mockingly refer to us as word people. You know, those word people. They don't believe in this. Those word people. And they say that uh, like they want to mock you. But the truth of the matter is, many people do not realize the priority God put on his word. You know, without offending anybody, we put so much priority on the, the bottle of oil, 
holy water and, uh, and all of those things. And we call them the articles of faith. But I believe that the only physical, tangible thing that the Lord will endorse for the believer is the word of God. The word. If the Lord will magnify his word above his name, it tells us God's thoughts towards his word. It tells us what he feels about his word. It tells us his heart about his word. But you know, we, we, can, we can be in meetings and have total disregard for God's word. Whether when it's being taught, you can find people lose track when the word of God is being taught. Or people doing something else when the word of God is being taught. You can even find people walk out of the service to receive phone calls when the word of God is being taught. Because to them, it's just another message. They don't see it as divine communication. They don't see it that way. There's no absolute reverence for the word. You know, one of the things that, and and, and in my own life and ministry, I'm trying as much as I can to create a balance between that. But one of the things that makes the orthodox Christians, which are, um, uh, I'll talk about maybe the Lutherans, the Methodists, the Anglicans, and those Protestants and all those. One of the the reasons that makes them find it difficult to embrace uh, Pentecostalism is because sometimes of our disorderliness in the name of the move of the Spirit. Now, of course, I know that there are theological basis for it. But, you know, one of the things that you find when you go to those churches is the physical sense of order and reverence for the word. It might not be, they might not be teaching deep revelations. They might not use Greek. They might not use Hebrew. The message might even be read from a leaflet. But you will find ingrained in their heart a reverence for the word. You know, but we, we, we place priorities on a lot of things. We, we like the dance, we like the drama, we like so many things. And then the Word of God is just one of those things. The Bible says that God magnifies His Word. Where God's Word is, if God is taking a look at His Word, He enlarges it. It places priority on His Word. Having said that, we are used to something and we need to start disabusing our minds about it. I, I, I know one of the, the leading ministers in the country, I started teaching something on that. While nobody is against breakthroughs and open doors and sudden miracles, we have, um, we, we, as ministers, we began to teach people to disregard the word where we began to teach people that, you know, once we prophesy over you, things are going to change immediately. Once you give this money, things are going to change immediately. Once you come to this service, things are going to change immediately. And what began to happen is people say, well, there's no need for the word. I'll just grab the bottle of oil. I'll just go for that prayer service. I'll just do this. And sometimes when you are even teaching so much, they say, ah, the man is, does not have power. You know, but when you look at the life and ministry of Jesus, you will, you will see that he spent time teaching. And people spent time listening. I read that to you before. When he fed the 5,000, the Bible says for three days, these people have been following me, listening to the word. If I send them now, they are going to faint. They didn't give them food before he taught them. He taught them for three days before he gave them food. 
You know, but we reverse it right now. How can you learn God's word in an empty stomach? That's the stomach that is appropriate for the word. Everything will pay attention. There was honor for the word. And, you know, I, I just want us, I, I, there was something Pastor, Pastor Banky said on the, during the weekend that I want us to look it into Bible. Look it into Bible. The certain times that Jesus climbed the mountain to teach. The Bible says he sat on top of the mountain and taught. Now, if he sat on top of the mountain and taught, where were the people listening to him sitting? They were sitting around the mountain. Am I right? Come on, am I right? How many of you think you can sit around the mountain to hear the word? You know, there are people who won't go to churches where the word is taught because the place is not comfortable. And these people sat around the mountain to teach, to hear God's word. Sometimes they sat by the beach, the riverside, and Jesus had to pull off a bit, Peter's boat, remember, to hear God's word. I just want you to see that the environment with which the, the people in scriptures heard the word was not as convenient as our own environment. And the funny thing is that they did so much more with the word. But I believe that what happened was that they gave reverence to the word. And we must, as believers, begin to place that same priority to the word. Not just the word that is being taught in your own personal life. The scriptures should begin to make meaning to you. That's very important. The scriptures should begin to make meaning to you. We must begin to love to study the word. Let's read something. Go to Mark chapter 4 verse 24. Mark chapter 4 verse 24. Mark 4 24. Mark chapter 4 and verse 24. Now I'm going to read. From the New King James Version. I'm, going to, I'm not reading so many scriptures today. So I want you to pay attention to it. Mark 4. 24. And then we're going to read the Amplified Version. Mark 4. 24 says. After he's finished preaching. Then he said to them. Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use. It will be measured to you. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear, with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Now, listen to this. Do you have the translation, the Amplified, the Amplified translation? We'll come back here. 24. Amplified. Put it up for them. But he said to them, be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study. I want you to write those two words down. Write the word thought. Write the word study. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. Now I've asked them to... 
to give me a, a board. So I'm hoping by next month we'll have a board. But I, I like, I like to, I'll write it this way. I'll write, I'll write thought and study. I'll write virtue and knowledge. Meaning that the measure of thought and the measure of study we give to what we hear, the word of God, right, will determine what the measure of virtue and the measure of knowledge we have. So, if I found out that the measure of virtue and knowledge that I have is 20%, what does that tell me? What does that tell me? It tells me that I am giving 20% to the word. Do, do, we, do we agree? You don't yet. Let's go back. Mark, Mark 4.24 Then he said to them, Take heed. What does the word take heed mean? Be careful. Watch out. Be cautious. Right? Take heed to what you hear. With the same measure you use. Who uses the measure? You. Not God. See, the word of God will not be more powerful next year. Am I right? Am I right? Hey, hey, what's happening? Am I right? That's better. So, if you don't extract power from God's word today, it's not like God is going to say, well, next year is going to be better. No. No. It's the measure of thought and study you give to the word that determines the measure of virtue and knowledge you get back. Okay. Now, I'll show you two things. Now, Luke was a medical doctor. Right? Now, Mark and Luke, they wrote this same, uh, you know, the way this, well, let's not go into scripture compilations, take them. But the way the scriptures are compiled, you might find a story, it's important sometimes to read the four gospels, they narrated the stories slightly different. Not that it was a different um, incident, the same incidents, right? It's just like if four of us were to talk about what happened in service today, you might talk about different parts. So I want you to observe, go, go back to the New King James Version, observe how Mark writes it. Mark says, take heed to what you hear. So Mark was concerned about what you hear. Many times I've asked, I've had to be listening to people on television and they preach something that's off, way off. And I just say, oh, just put the TV off. And some people say, oh, no, at least you can learn something from a fool. You know, what I'm saying is this. If there are so many wise people around, why do I need to extract lesson from a fool? I just sit with the wise. Because people don't feel that what they hear affects them. It does. It does. One of the, when God started putting in my heart, um, there's, there's a minister in this country I love so much. I love him so much. Way back. And growing up, it was almost like if somebody that I love says something, it was almost true. Alright? But I remember when the Lord began to pull me in this part of teaching the word of God, for four years, and maybe like four or five years, I didn't read any Christian literature, I didn't listen to anybody on TV. I was just reading the word, just reading the word, just spending time on the word. What I found that happened to me at that time was, I was able to develop strong convictions on what I've seen in the Word. Now I can listen to anybody say something and I'll say, hey, come on. Some of the most respected ministers that I know can teach something and I'll say, hey, that's not consistent with the Word of God. And how did I come to that point? To the point where I could just stay there 
on the word. Now, what you hear, Mark, um, Mark places emphasis on that, on what you hear. You can't listen to everybody. That's the truth. You can't. What you hear is important. Now, let's see how Luke's writes it. Go to Luke chapter 8 verse 18. We'll come back to Mark. Go to Luke chapter 8 verse 18. And I'll show you how Luke writes this. Luke chapter 8 verse 18. Now, look at how Luke writes it. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Therefore, take heed how you hear. Have you seen that? Talk to me now. Have you seen that? Okay, those of you who always like looking at the slide, they are showing you house now. You can read that. Take heed how you see the house. Okay, so Luke says, take heed how. Please, please, don't, don't miss this. Don't, don't miss this. Luke places emphasis on how you hear. Mark places emphasis on what? On what you hear. Those two things are very important. Because if you hear the right thing wrongly, it will produce the wrong results. So what we hear and how we hear is important. That's why I can have a hundred plus people in the service and everybody goes back saying different. Have you heard? I mean, we do it here. Sometimes before I start teaching, I say, okay, what I taught last Sunday. What, just tell me what you heard. Have you heard the contribution and some of you are wondering, ah, ah, where, from where? That's how they heard. That's how they heard. So, it's, it's not only important that we take note of what we hear, it is also important that we take note of how we hear what we are hearing. And I think that's something that has affected us when we talk about the faith message. A lot of people heard the faith message and how they heard it was just faith to meet my needs, not faith to please God. They heard the right thing, but they heard it wrongly. That's why Jesus would always, when he finished teaching, he would say, He that has ears, let him hear. Everybody had these fan blades. But talking about understanding. So how you hear is important. What you hear is important. So God places emphasis on hearing. The content on and how you hear it. Let's go back to Mark. Let, uh, I, di- I didn't put this up. Uh, they don't have the Amplified there. But I want to read Luke 18, 818 from the Amplified. Listen carefully. Be careful therefore how you listen. For to him who has spiritual knowledge will more be given. And from him who does not have spiritual knowledge, even what he thinks and guesses and supposes that he has will be taken away from him. So if you're not giving thought to the word, you will just be guessing. You'll just be assuming. You'll just be assuming. He says, take heed how you listen. Go back to Mark chapter 4 and verse 24. Mark chapter 4 and verse 24. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mark 4.24. Let's go here now. Then he said, Take heed what you hear. I read the Amplified. Let's, let's go with the Amplified now. And he said to them, Be careful. Be careful. What you are hearing. The measure of thought and study. Thought and study. You give to the truth you hear. 
will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. So, what happens is the word of God is constant. It's the constant in this equation. The word of God is constant. The word of God is powerful. The word of God is effective. The Bible says the word of God is living. So, the word of God is constant. Let's say this pulpit is the word of God. On this side is virtue and knowledge. And what is virtue? Let's trace what virtue is. Let's trace what virtue is. We'll come back here. Let's trace what virtue is. Go to Luke chapter 8 verse 46. Let's, let's look at that. We'll come back to Mark. Luke chapter 8, I believe. Verse 46. See this now? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It, Luke 8, 46. But Jesus said, somebody touched me. For I perceive, use the old King James Version. Use the old King James Version, the KJV Version. For I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. This was when the woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus. So it says, and Jesus said, somebody had touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. Use the new King James Version. But Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceive that what? Power going out of me. Now, if you use the word virtue in our modern English, it can mean, uh, virtue can mean what now? Character, right? Like a virtuous woman, okay? So that's why when they translated the New King James, they had to put the appropriate word there. That, it, it wasn't talking about, it, Jesus wasn't saying, <laughs> when this woman touched me, character, I felt character leaving me. <laughs> that's what Jesus was talking about. He was talking about power. Because the woman was healed. Right? Now, so when they translate the New King James, it uses the word power, not just virtue, because virtue in those days was power in that place. Now, the Amplified says, But Jesus said, Someone did taught me, for I perceive that healing power has gone forth from me. Okay, this, this, this sounds correct. Healing power has gone forth from me. Not just power, but power to heal. Because the woman had uh, an infirmity. Now, Jesus was walking, right? Jesus was walking, and the disciples were around him. Peter, right? Read up. The Bible says he, let's go up quickly, verse um, 45. Came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped, verse 45. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitude throng and press you, and you say, who touched me? You know, sometimes I'm amazed at the way these disciples talk to Jesus. You know, I, I, I realize something. And we need to spend time. You know, the way we look at leadership in the church is not the way leadership in the world is. If you look at the way Peter and Jesus talked with Peter and... especially Peter. <laughs> I mean Peter. But I, I'm not sure of my facts now. But from theology, it shows that Peter was a bit older than Jesus. I'm not sure. The Bible doesn't record that. But that's what... But nobody will argue with that because of the way he was talking to Jesus. In a cell, he said, Jesus, which one are you saying somebody touched? Everybody. He's almost saying that, can't you think? Everybody is pressing. But Jesus was saying something. That this touch was different. It was a touch that took power. You know, it's like when you stay, you know, some of you stay in places where the light doesn't go up. But when you stay in some of those low current places and somebody plugs iron, oppressing iron, you will know that virtue has gone out of Nepal. You understand that? 
<laughs> the lights would drop. I say, what did you guys plug? What happened? You know, that was a different kind of plugging. That's not, that's not charging a phone. That power, that's like pressing iron with the issue of blood. Just got into the power. You understand that? So this was different. But listen to me. That power was always, is always in Jesus. Can I tell you something? It's not God who determines who will get healed. Who determines who will get healed? You. You know, when we say, God has answered my prayer, it's not like when you pray today, God and say, yeah, 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 Michael, did you plan that thing? Say, no. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, get in just No. God is not doing anything. When he said it is finished, it is finished. What you call answers to prayer is when you are able to draw virtue from the word. It's your, it's your responsibility. And I'll show you. You know, that's why he ever say, we are going to storm the gate of heaven today. We will not give God rest until God say, you are, is yourself, you are not giving rest. I have rested. We make it look like this thing is try, try, is it try a lock now? Lottery, right? We don't know if God is going to heal today. We don't know if God is going to move today. And here people say, oh God, have mercy on us. We are just clay. We are nothing. We are like warm, like Jacob. Don't say we. Say I am like warm. I am like clay. Don't put me in that your clay association. We're God's children. We're sons of the Most High. He is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Not King of Bonnie Kingdom Kings. He is King of us who are kings and Lord of us who are Lords. We that are Lords and Kings give Him that platform to be King over all of us. It is not humility to downgrade yourself. Humility means accepting exactly what God says about you. So, I want you to realize today that that woman drew virtue out of Jesus when she touched Jesus. And there might be many people around Jesus who didn't do that. So, the word of God is always constant. That's why somebody will say, I believed in this word, I trusted in this word, and I got this healing. I was listening to... Uh, a partner's testimony of Keller Copeland Ministries yesterday night, and I was sharing with my wife, the, the, the couples, they needed to have kids. After three years, there was no child and all that. And they got the Word of God, started confessing the Word of God and all that. And he had children later. And I was looking at this and like, see, people can give measure and thought to the Word and extract power for fertility and give birth. Even though the doctor said this, is, this count is low, that count is high, gives all the doctor's report. This woman had been suffering from the hands of many physicians. But what happened? This woman, let's get into our study now. This woman began to go back to Mark chapter 4. Put up the amplified version, Mark 4.24. We're just staying on these verses. We, we need to give thoughts and study to these verses. Mark 4.24. If you realize this, what I'm teaching you this morning, your life will be radically transformed. It will be. Now, you know what happened when the woman with the issue of blood wanted to meet Jesus? You know what happened? The Bible says she kept saying in her heart, right? If I can talk. What do you think the woman was doing at that time? He was giving thought and study to that. Do you remember that? If I can touch. If I can touch. If I can just touch. If I can just touch. How did she know if she can touch Jesus, she will be healed? She has been hearing of Jesus healing people. So what happens? <laughs> She's been giving thought to it. So what happens? As she was giving thought to it and 
study to that. When she got to Jesus, remember, the measure of thought and study you give to the word will determine the measure of what? Virtue. What's virtue? Power. Healing power. What does the word of God say? He sent forth his word and it heals them. Right? So the word is sent forth. But how do we extract healing power? Measure of thought we give to it. The measure of thought we give to it. So the woman was thinking, if I can touch the hem of Jesus' garment, if I can touch the hem of Jesus' garment, if I can touch the hem of Jesus' garment. And she goes there, she touches the hem of Jesus' garment, she extracts power. But before she left her house, she's been giving thought to that. Let me tell you this, be very careful of what you think. Let me explain something to you now. This is free, this is bonus, not part of the message. You have been created in God's image. And God is a creator. Listen, God is a creator. So that creative aspect of God is already in you. That's why you see all these things, yeah? They create, people make inventions and all that stuff and all that stuff. That's part of God's creative nature. But I want to take you to the thought realm. Listen very carefully to what I'm saying this morning. What you think about and give thought to consistently in your life would happen to you. That's the truth. You have to deliberately watch your thoughts. That's why you see that when certain things happen to people, they say, Ah, I've been thinking about this thing for years. I know this day will come. And it can be for good or for bad. You, your thoughts have to, the scripture talks about taking your thoughts captive. That means you arrest them. Are you, following, are you following what I'm saying? You can't just keep thinking about negative thoughts and expect... You can think yourself to sickness. Oh, I don't know if this is cancer. Oh, I don't know if this is cancer. I don't know if this is cancer. Thank God for Google. You go up. You start reading. They say, ah, this one. If you want to have this one, this one will come. If you have to have this... Before you know, you have... Ah, you never went to school, but you have tabulated and concluded. Say, ah! I'm sick. And sometimes you wonder, why does God not help you? That's, you see, the way God has designed us, He didn't design us to be robots. We've got a will. We have to use it. So also, the measure and thought you give to anything will determine also the knowledge you draw from that thing. So let's say, for instance, I've given this example before. Why do we call somebody a doctor? For instance, we look at our brother and say, you're a doctor. You're an engineer. You are... A psychologist. I read social studies, so I don't know who I am. I am in social studies. Okay. So why do they say engineer? What, what makes you an engineer? What makes you an engineer? How many years? Five years or four years of giving thought and study to what? To a particular field. And after four years, they give you a paper and say you are an engineer. You start putting an engineer in front of you. You, you weren't... You weren't Going to engineering class in the, uh, I think, 100 level. There are general courses, GST courses, which are basic English. Blah, blah, blah. But the higher you go, what happens? What happens? The higher you go, you concentrate. So that you can become a specialist. You can't be in engineering at 300 level and say, Ah, I just love uh, literature. And then you now go and give another one year to literature and say, Ah, after one year I'm satisfied. Let me come back to engineering. You never graduate. So those who also gave their measure of thought and study to occultism, 
spent 10 years reading a four-year course. Because the way life has been designed is if you want to get anything from anything entirely, you have to give attention to it. You have to pay attention to it. Your life will be radically transformed if you will pay attention to the word. You give it thought, you give it study. Two things, two things. Don't, don't miss them. Don't think it's the same thing. They're not the same thing. I'm going to separate them for you right now. Thought is meditation. Study is more diligent. And you have to do both. You can't just say, well, uh, this morning I'm meditating on this. And no, 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 no. Not just meditation. Thought and study. Both must go together. You must have time in your life where you study God's word. I can't say this enough. We have succeeded in raising, when I say we, pastors, have succeeded in raising believers who can even walk in a church without having a Bible. Do you know what? They don't expect to read God's word. While the projector is good, I think it's doing a lot of disservice to people. A lot. There's something about looking at the word of God. There's something about giving it thought and giving it study. We just expect people to come and, you know, lay hands on us, do this and do this, and no, we just begin to see miracles. And what that does to us is we just relax. We feel, oh, pastor is going to study for us. No. You cannot even benefit from what I'm teaching if you do not give thought to it. Paul, um, Mark says, the truth you are hearing. It means you take the message. Why do you write messages down? Why do you think you write messages down? Whatever I've taught, you're supposed to spend the next one week before Sunday going through it. Reading the things that God has spoken to your heart. We just had a word congress. You take off a day and meditate on those things. Your life will be transformed. God, God is not going to help you. God has helped you. You are now to help yourself by doing what? By giving thought and attention to the word. Okay. So I'll show you this now. So you, you are the one to give thought and attention to the word. That's your responsibility. Let's go to Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. See here now. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Most of us can pay a lot of price to, to get natural knowledge. Pay a lot of discipline to get natural knowledge. Travel to hear word. Can travel far places to get comfort and rest and vacation. Most of us can hardly make our time to hear God's word. You, you've, got to, you've got to check yourself. What value you place in the word of God. I remember I was talking to, I don't know, some, some uh, we have camp meeting. And uh, people say, oh no, I don't have transport to go to camp meeting. And I just told, I just told Mike, I said, hey, anybody who, I mean, church is providing transport from Paracot to the campground. Anybody who cannot raise their feet to cross the water, they should stay. If you really want to go, you would go. Because you don't also want to have people sit and listen to you who don't have the desire to be there. I remember one meeting I went to, I think it was Shiloh 2001, way back. I can't forget that Shiloh. What wisdom is this? Ted Hargard, Bishop David Edelborn, a couple of guys, Bishop Abiyoye. They were in school and they were to pay 1000 from Abraka to to um, Canaan land then. <laughs> then my, 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 probably my, what's that? Pocket money allowance was like one five for a month or something. I struggled and struggled. I was able to save 600. And I kept 
I told the pastor, I said, I need to, I want to go for that meeting. I want to go for that meeting. I want to go for that meeting. I pestered the man so much. He now said, how much do you have? I said, 600. He said, the money is not complete. I said, sir, I'm going for that meeting. In fact, it was so much. And I said, okay, the bus is filled. I said, I, will, I have to go. So he collected the 600. What do, you, do you have an English word for attachment in bus? IJ, what's the English word for attachment in bus? Okay, if you are listening anywhere in the world, if you don't know what attachment is, just keep. But you know where attachment is? Who doesn't know where attachment is in bus? Okay, who knows? Okay, we all know. Okay, for those of you who don't know again, it's fine. But attachment is just that... How do you describe attachment now? It's not flaw. It's just, just that place after the driver's seat, where the engine is for buses, right? If you, that 14-seater. That's where, so I carried pillow, and that's where I sat from Abraka to Lagos. Was I going, did I have money for accommodation? That was unnecessary. My chair was my accommodation. I just managed to buy pure water, half bag. In the morning when they finish preaching, I just go outside quickly, just wash my face, brush my teeth for how long Shiloh was. What was happening? The measure of thought I was giving to the world. And I mean, I thank God for the ministry of Bishop David. But one of the remarkable impartations I got in that meeting was the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of wisdom. Listen to me. You can't get these virtues cheaply. If you don't have time for the word of God, I'm sorry sir, it will not profit you. There's no two ways about it. There's no, how can we do it? There's no, you have to give time to the word. You have to take out your Bible. You have to open it. You have to read it. You have to meditate. You have to confess. Don't, listen, that's why I'm sorry. I will never put up a program and say, suddenly, suddenly, uh, quickly. No, 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 no. Those things are deceptive. You know why? That's why people keep running from programs to programs to programs to programs to programs. I was joking with one of my bike guys who always carries me. He, 2017, they wrote Year of Establishment. <laughs> so I was joking with him. I said, ah, you want this sticker last year? Have you been established? <laughs> you know, I was just joking with him. But you know, sometimes we are caught up in those trills. You can't sustain that way. That's the truth. Get into the Word. Pay sacrifices to get into the Word. I remember 2017, 16, 17, I learned that Kenneth Copeland was coming to South Africa for a partner's meeting, a three days meeting. And uh, he was going to, to Kenyan land to preach for Bishop Borosso. But I opted to go for the South African meeting. And there was a reason. People didn't understand that, but there was a reason. Number one, when he was preaching for Bishop, it was Bishop's meeting. So Bishop invited him. Okay? So he would not have a partner's service. But in South Africa, it is Kenneth Copeland Ministries meeting. So there will be a partner service. It's like saying, I organized the meeting so I can teach. I knew from listening to Kenneth over the years that he was going to, you know, do a lot of partners meetings in South Africa. And I got a ticket, got a visa, got everything, stayed there. I had friends in that, in South Africa where I preached before. I had friends there. I have I didn't even tell anybody I was coming because number one, I didn't want anybody to invite me to just say, ah, okay, as you are just going for the meeting, just quickly take this service. Number two, I didn't want anybody to visit me. 
Do you know why? I was going for a meeting. And I wanted to give much thought and attention to it. And I went for the meeting. I, I, I remember I've told some people the story. And I, I, I was very early to the meeting. So I sat with one guy, South African guy. So he saw me. He said, are you Nigerian? I said, yes. He said, oh, you came for this meeting. I said, yes. He from Nigeria? I said, yes. So he thought I was in Nigeria and staying in South Africa. He said, must have costed you a lot. <laughs> of course. And he said, ah, but you could have gotten the CDs. Ah, I knew I was talking to a fool. So I, just, I didn't answer him. I just carried my Bible. I carried my whatever I carried. I just, you, if you go to Rema College Church, Rema Bible Church, it's a big church. I just went to another extreme end where by mistake, even when they say turn to your neighbor and I won't, not even they say check 20 people and tell them welcome to service. We won't come in contact. How can you say I should have bought the CDs? Do you know how many of the CDs I have? Those are people who consider investment in spiritual things as waste. The measure of thoughts. If you can travel to places for special courses, for set, why is it that your company sends you abroad to go and do training? Why can't they just buy the certificate and give to you or say do online course? Sometimes they want to separate you from your family so you can pay attention to what is being taught. Listen to me. Never in your life consider an investment on the word of God in your heart as waste. It will produce much more. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And in fact, that trip was very interesting because I couldn't buy South African Airways direct ticket. So I went through Rwanda. I went through Rwanda Airlines. So first of all, did five, four, and a, tw- four hours, 20 minutes to Kigali and did another four. You know, it's like going around the world. But the journey was very short because there was expectations in my heart. The measure of thought you give to the word is the measure of virtue, of power. So if there's low power in your life, you are not giving much thought to the word. There's no two ways about it. There's a sickness in your body. It's been there for years. Come on, press into the word. You're experiencing lack, press into the word. You're experiencing fear, press into the word. Oh, hey, sir, hey, this problem has been there for a long time. Well, how much time have you given to the word? How long have you spent speaking the word? Do you have scriptures you're praying over? Do you have scriptures you're reciting? I just pray that God will help us. You know, one of the things we took out of churches mostly now is Sunday school, memory verses. And you just wonder how our parents were living long and long and long. This old man came into church. How many of you have old parents who still go to church? You know, one of the most difficult things to ever do to them is for them not to go to church. They might not be hearing the Greek and the this thing, but there's just an honor that say I'm showing up in church. The measure of thought and virtue we give to the word. Go to Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Look at this. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you, 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 you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. The word good success in the original Hebrew translation means that you may be able to deal wisely with the affairs of life. And if you can deal wisely with the affairs of life, you will be successful. Listen, let it be. Meditate on it day and night. Let it not depart from your mouth. You speak the word. You speak the word. You speak the word. It says you will make your way prosper. Let's stop putting our failures on God as if the price has not been paid. 
Let's start making God look like he has favorites. No, he doesn't. He's rich towards all. If you pay the same attention to God's word, if you pay the same attention, uh, uh, Pastor Bank said it last weekend, John G. Lake said it, I think uh, Bill Yeoman said it, that if I can get people to pay attention to me the way they pay attention to the doctors, I'll get them healed 100% of the time. Kenneth Hagin said it also. Get into the word. Write scriptures on your fridge. Stay on the word. Learn that. That's what we, not, let me not say we used to do because I haven't stopped. But that's what we used to do in school. We write scriptures. We're confessing the scriptures for this month. We had scriptures on the favor of God. We had scriptures on the preservation of God. We had scriptures on our ministries and what we wanted God to do. We stayed on the word. Do you know why we are so dependent on people? We can't live our life without asking someone for something. We don't know how to stay on the word. If you stay on the word, you would see yourself as though poor yet making many rich. It will change the internal image of your heart. It will change the way you see yourself. You begin to see yourself as royalty. You begin to see yourself as a child of a king. These are not just confessions. I'm a child of a king. I'm a child of the king. And your next action is like the child of a pauper. You, listen to this. Don't forget Joshua 1.8. You make your way prosperous. The price has been paid. Now that is meditation. You give thought to it. You give thought to it. Now let's go to Acts chapter 17 verse 11. I'll show you something here. Then we begin to. Get into the word. Read the word. Train your children to just read Bible stories. For instance, Saturday morning, tell them to just read two or three chapters of Proverbs. Just get the word into them. Acts 17 verse 11. Acts 17 verse 11. Look at this. Acts 17 11. They were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. <laughs> it's comparing them with the saints in Thessalonica. In that they received the word with all readiness. They were all ready to receive the word. This is important. If you want to receive the word of God, you have to be ready. You have to pay attention to it. Listen, write, take down notes. And search the scriptures daily. How many times? I want to hear that word. How many times? How many times? Daily. Look at this. To find out whether these things were so. So they finished. Come on. If you were in a service where Paul was preaching, would you check the scriptures again? Ah, we're talking about Paul. But no, they wrote down, they went back and checked the scriptures. Let's read the Amplified Version. Now these Jews were better disposed and more noble than those in Thessalonica. For they were entirely ready, accepted and welcomed the message concerning the attainment through Christ of eternal salvation in the kingdom of God. With inclination of mind, they inclined their minds towards it. And eagerness, searching and examining the scriptures daily. To see if those things were true. To search and to examine scripture is study. To think and meditate. Joshua chapter 1 verse um, 8 is giving thought. So you give thought and you examine. You take the scriptures apart. You read it line by line. You look at the words. Okay? Is this past tense? Is this present tense? Those are study. How many times does the word healing appear in scripture? What are the miracles that Jesus performed in Mark? How did he conduct healing? That's how to do it. You know, the problem is that we have this emergency way of doing things. When you just fall sick, that's when you want to collect healing scriptures. See, it's, it's, it's a bit difficult for you to believe that you'll be healed when you already see symptoms of sicknesses around you. It can be challenging. Because now your optical eyes are already seeing that you're sick. 
measure of thoughts we give to the word. Let's read Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1 to 7. Proverbs 2, verse 1 to 7. Get into the word. Get into the word. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's, that's one of the struggles I still have in using maybe an iPad or a tab. To, I mean, I just still like ruling, underlining. I mean, you can do all of that with, with an iPad. I'm not saying you can't. But there's something about just the word. Just having a Bible with me. Get into the word. Set out time. Have word retreats where you study the word. Proverbs 2, 1 or 7. My son, if you receive... I want to read from the Amplified, please. Just permit me to do that. Verse 7. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make, making your ear attentive, making your ear attentive, so you cut out distractions when the word of God is being taught, to skillful and godly um, wisdom, inclining and directing your heart and mind to understanding, applying all... Your powers to the quest of it. Applying all your powers to the quest of it. If you cry out for insight and raise your voice for understanding. If you seek wisdom as for silver and search for skillful and godly wisdom as for hidden treasures. Then you will understand the reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord. And find knowledge of our God. For the Lord gives skillful and godly wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. If you will do that. Search diligently. Research. Just as you research investments, have you researched the word of God? I know a lot of people want to walk in favor. I remember many years, many years ago, then there was no tablet. Like, no. You know when we say some of these things, like Gabriel would say, it looks like we are very old. But you know, some few years back, there was no all these electronic gadgets to search scriptures. Then my dad had the Strong's Concordance. And I took that strong concordance and wrote out every word on favor. Everywhere favor appeared in the scriptures. That was a lot of work. Wrote it down in a notebook. And I would confess it. And I would confess it. And I would confess it. And I would declare it. Looked at the things you needed to do to get favor. All of that from the book of Proverbs. Putting the law of God in your heart. And, and all that. I mean, honestly... One of the remarkable things about my life till today is the favor that I enjoy. I don't write, you know, consciously, oh God, I need favor. Oh, no, 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 no. I have put in so much thought and study to that. You know what happens? I just draw the power of favor. I'll share a very brief testimony with you. Very, very brief. In the last 10 years of ministry, in the last 10 years, of ministry. I have not had to buy clothes to wear in 10 years. Not once. The only time I went to buy something, went to travel with my wife, went to buy a jean trouser, it was not my size. I mean, in 10 years, every single thing I wear had been people just ministering to me. That can be that can only be the favor of God. If it happened once, it's okay. But to happen consistently for 10 years. I'm sure that's the favor of God. Giving attention to it. I'm not saying go and collect favor scripture and say, this is the last Sunday I will buy clothes. You'll be naked. (laughs) So how you hear is important. I just gave you a testimony. So don't go and say, ah, I now know the secret to wearing free clothes. (laughs) Because this is the point. I wasn't doing that because I didn't want to buy clothes. Do you understand that? I was just doing that because I knew that there is no way you can excel in life and ministry 
without the favor of God. Even Jesus Christ required it. He said he found favor with God and favor with men. There's something about finding favor with men. There's something about men on their own willing to just help you. Ah, there's something about it. Are you following what I'm saying? There's something about it. We've seen favor in all kinds of strange situations. All kinds. Myself and my family will be traveling in airplanes. We'll have people just favor us. We'll have times where they'll single us out of the line and just favor us. Those are not accidental. They were not just prayers we said two minutes ago. Get in the word of God. Meditate. Give attention to it. A man by the name of Gil was doing a commentary on this verse. He says, diligently attend to it. Seek to understand it. Lay it up in your mind and memory. Then it may be of use to you in time to come. And you may be useful in communicating it to others. Now, Gloria Copeland says, if you put the word of God in your heart when you don't need it, the day you need it, the word of God will come out of your heart. I'll give you four things quickly. Number one, set out time for meditation in God's word. Have a time of meditation. Number two, Take time to study biblical subjects. For instance, I've just given you one word. Favor. Just, just go online. Just go online. Just write all the scriptures on favor or Bible verses on favor. A lot will just pop out. Print them out. Spend the next one month meditating on them. Just thinking on them. Praying over them. You know, study words like peace. Some of you that can't sleep at night. Study peace. Your heart is always shaking. Google, Google, Google. That heart is saying, we're keeping in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on God? You confess that. You declare that. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Study words on blessing, on the kingdom of God, on righteousness, on grace. Just do them. Just one month. See, just, it's very simple. One month, I'm going to study one word. Just put in online. There's a lot of help. Download Power Bible CD. A lot of... Just put it there. One month, I'll study this word. One month. Before you know, there'll be so much of God at work in your life. In, in one year, you would have studied 12 subjects. Give attention to it. Take word retreats. Block Saturdays and just spend time on the word. Read the whole of Proverbs. Sometimes I just do that. I just get up and read the whole of Ephesians. Just read it. Just read it. Just put the word of God in your heart. It says, let the word of God dwell in your heart. What? Richly. Have scriptures of the week that you're meditating on. If I ask you now, this year, what scripture are you standing on? What scripture are you believing God for? I know some of you have forgotten all the scriptures you quoted in January. One thing I realized and I teach people, you don't need too many. Just get one scripture and stay on it until that scripture becomes flesh in you. Until it materializes. Saints, there's no better way to get virtue out of the word of God. To get knowledge out of the word of God. If you're not seeing God's power at work in your life, you are responsible for the power of God not flowing. Give attention to God's word. Get up one hour early. Praise the name of the Lord. Before you go to bed at night, read the word. Don't be too tired. Don't be too tired. Thank God for phones. Do you know, you know, in this generation, we don't have, there's no excuse. Do you understand? You have to understand. Do you understand? There's no excuse. Messages are free on WhatsApp. A lot of teaching ministries their messages are free. You know why we make our messages free? It's not because we don't like money, like Pastor B will say. We just want that when we stand before God, there will be no excuse that to say, God, 
It was free. I preached free. And I gave them free. And God said, my son, you have done well. Come and sit down. Let's, let's attend to them. It's not that, ah, you know, we can market it. We can say, this CD will cost 1000 We just want, it's just that, okay, to put a bit of price, we try to even sell books. We can give you everything free. So that when we stand before God, you will say, ah, because of 500 naira, you deny this, this lady message. You know, we say, God, please, they have it free. You have your phones. You can put Bibles there. You have your iPad. You have audio Bible. Even there is Bible in Yoruba. There are Bible translators. I don't know if they have Ibani Bible now. But I know there is a Bible translating society in this place. There is no excuse. Even if you are not a member of this ministry. There are very solid teaching ministries whose materials are online. There are Bible reading plans online. There are, so, when you see people say, ah, there is no time. No, you haven't made it a priority. You haven't given thought and attention to it. But you know the funny thing. Let them tell someone they are sick right now. And put them in the hospital bed. Hey, please, when you are coming, bring my Bible. Bring my Bible. Some, for some people, that's the only time they will give attention to God's word. I will not die. I will not die. <laughs> so, double one Bible as pillow. They will hold one with the drip in the hand. And when you are looking at it, you would have saved yourself all this stress. If you are taking five minutes daily. When people are in trouble, you can see how they run after God. I've learned this. I've learned this. When people don't, you know, there's certain time people don't, they, are not, they don't have a job, they don't have, we are going, they will say, ah, Pastor, I just like to come to the house of God. I just, I know it's joblessness. Immediately they have jobs. You won't see them again. You know, poverty can make you serious. Sometimes when somebody is in lack and they are serious with God, you are not sure yet. It is when people have abundance and that can still make that extra commitment. You know that this guy is serious with God. Let's take examples from our brothers. If you have ever served in the north or you have lived in the north, you know the whole of north is shut down on Fridays. Even we recognize it. Have you ever driven to a filling station when they are about to pray? What happens? Have you ever experienced it? Hmm? Our Islamic brothers. What happens? They will roll out their mat and pray. They, you see, they just, they will do it. But you know, if you just, let's assume you want to pray in your shop now, you say, in Jesus' name, someone your knocks. God, please. <laughs> God, one minute. You know, the prayer I was about to pray, you have just answered, no, Father, I give you praise. How much? What do you want? Because in our mind, if this one goes, ah, we are finished for today. No, no, no. Listen to me. God will cause prosperity to flow towards us like the streams of the south. Isaiah 66 verse 12. If you understand this about God, you will never do anything in your life out of eye service. You just do what is right. And you know that. Listen to me. There's one scripture I love so much. The word of God says, no good thing will he withhold from those who seek him. And walk up. No good thing. That good thing will include a car, include a child, include a jet, include a house, include anything. No good thing will God withhold. I challenge you today as we get into the resurrection week and we get into a new month. Put the word of God priority in your life. Get into the Bible studies. Get into the Sunday meetings. Give attention to God's word. Jesus looked at Mary. And says you have chosen the good path. 
in Luke chapter 10, verse 42. Say, matter, matter, you are distracted with many things. But Mary has chosen the good part, which cannot be taken away from her. The part of God's word is something that cannot be taken away. If you lay the seed of God's word in your heart, it will never be taken away. It will keep you whole. Listen to me. Listen to me. The word of God will save you millions in medical fees. It will save you millions. In, it will save you. We had, we had a funny accident happen a couple of weeks back. And today, myself and my wife were coming to church. We analyzed it. And we discovered that absolutely, the Lord helped us. We recovered everything. You will never be at disadvantage trusting God's word. It will always be to your advantage. And you know the funny thing? God's word does not have side effects. It says the measure and virtue of knowledge you have will be given to you as you study God's word and more besides it. As you give yourself to God's word, God will exceed your expectations. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.